0: Okay. So, so far, what we learned over here is that Vayakel and Pekude are two completely different perspectives on life, on the world, and everything in it. and And they're both Jewish. Jewish holy perspectives. Just they're different. Vayakl is about how everything belongs to Hashem. Everything uh, is meant in the world to be Used in the service of Hashem, Yaakov needs to gather. So it's about a holistic perspective that it always belongs to Hashem. So in the Vayakel model, the center of it is the Eibushter, and the Eibushter is is where things start and where things finish. There's the Eibushter, and everything is for him. Not looking at the various details of every single thing in the world, just looking at the goal. Everything's meant to be a Mishkan for Hashem. Versus pekude, pekude is about the counting each thing and looking what the value of each thing is, and each of these, and so in the center of the pekude model, the first thing that exists is the world. What is this table? What's the table for? And yes, it's in the pekude model. It's also about the avishter. But the question, the question is, what is this thing? Which that's the first thing we know about. What is this thing for? Versus the yalka model, there's the avishter. And everything has to be used in his service. So there's an advantage in each of these perspectives. In the Pekude in, in the model, the advantage is, is, that you're going to be able to make more of an impact with the things that you have. You're going to be able to, 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 to attune uh, and to guide each thing towards its... Uh, better on target, you're, you're aiming better. You're not shooting from the hip, you're looking at the thing, you're looking at the characteristics of the thing, and you're trying to figure out what this thing is meant to be used for. On the other hand, um, you're you're only going to be able to channel that item towards its intrinsic value, towards the words of Hashem which vivify it. You're, you're you're trying to connect the item with its own godly energy, with its own godliness. You're not trying to transcend it on the contrary, You're trying to to uh, find its its best. Best, uh, best usage. So in the pekudim model, you're not going to be able. You're not transcending the world. You're just working with the Godly energy within the world. Versus the ayakal model, your goal is to is to connect to the Abish, to make everything. So, your your goal is, is is not about creation. Your goal is transcending it, jumping above it. Your your your, your activity has to do with reaching the Godly energy that transcends creation. Um, okay, fine <laughs> Talk to myself too much There's a, a beautiful verse from Rabbi Khan khan About a story of the Altar Rebbe Which maybe lends some explanation to this But there uh, it goes There was a chaser of the Alter His name was Ablaib And Ablaib had a group of Hasidim in his town, where he would he would be their mentor. And one of his Hasidim uh, was very um, was very upset because all of his friends were Hasidim of other rebbe's, and the other rebbe's would make lots of miracles. And his, and whenever he would meet the other Hasidim, they would talk about their miracles. Chabad, at the time at least, wasn't into making miracles, wasn't into talking about miracles. So he felt like he had a you know a great a great B rebbe you know his rebbe that's not is not as cool as all other Rebbes. all of his friends went to this new Hasidic movement but his rebbe isn't as good as everybody else so uh, so he didn't share his frustration with uh, with his rebbe um, he he kept it to himself and from time to time the Alt rebbe would get a report from Rab Leib about the various uh, Hasidim. so. When of brought the altar, but the various I mean, chassidim, you mentioned this guy also, the altar of his, maybe you didn't mention him, the altar said, what's going on with this guy? You have to, um, you, have, you have to, you uh, have to, you have to, basically you have to, you, you, you have to shake him up, and that will be for him, for a sign, and for his friends, for a miracle. So, you go over to the guy, and he says, what's, what's kvetched there?" Remember, he'll what's here? What's bothering you? So he told his mashpiyah, told, so he told, he told the al uh the al Rebbe actually apparently knows about this, and that should be for you for a sign, for your friends, for a miracle, now you're not going to share, you know, this is, uh, and so the blade reports to the al you know, and the Al-Tarebbe said, well, there's two versions of the story, be also the correct ver- the, the, the original version was, the way I heard it before, the story be also corrected it, was, Al-Tarebbe said, what's the big deal making a miracle? Anyone who's a tafach above the floor can make a miracle. And the tafch above the floor can make a miracle. So Rabbi Yil said the correct version is <coughs> the Al said that the, the earth is malchus in Kabbalah. Earth is malchus, the lowest sphere of Atsilas. What's a big love making a, making a miracle? Anyone's a little bit above a tafch above malchus, a little bit above malchus to make a miracle. W- what what does that mean? Malchus is the mean sovereignty, but Malchus is the source of the ten utterances with which God made the world. The ten, utter- the ten utterances are about, uh, how, about God's sovereignty because everything in the world contributes to God's sovereignty in a different way. Uh, the reason Hashem made the world and everything in it is, is, is for His sovereignty, for Him to be king over the entire universe, therefore Hashem made the whole universe. Everything in the world is about God's sovereignty. In con- and everyone has a different way in contributing to God's sovereignty. So from the perspective of Malchus, everything has to be the way it is. But if you go above Malchus, above the Seer of Malchus, there's no need for each creature to be its way. In Malchus, each creature is given its, its its task. Each one has its way, contributes to Hashem's sovereignty. And therefore, everything has to be the way it is, and everything has its, has its unique contribution. That's only looking at it from perspective of Malchus. So, on the other hand, looking at it from higher than Malchus, there's, there's no, there's, things are, are more nebulous, things are more flexible, things don't, don't have to be the way they are, and they could be switched around. Above the utterances of Hashem, above the words of Hashem, things could be, the utterances could be changed. Things don't have to be the same way as the famous story of Chalim and Dez said, when his daughter lit the Shabbos candles with vinegar, he said, the one who told the oil to burn will tell the vinegar to burn. In other words, Hashem, the words of Hashem, which say the oil should be oil, should be this way, not the other way, that's only in the level of malchus. But if you go above malchus, or a human is able to connect to Gali energy beyond malchus, so then things could be switched around. Vayakel means to go beyond malchus. Vayakel means that you're not looking at, in the, in the malchus perspective, the way you are and the way Hashem made you, that's hard and fast, and that has to be the way things are, and that's important. That's p'chudeh, that's, that's perspective of malchus. That's the perspective of, so to speak, Hashem needs every subject, a king needs every subject and his king to be the king. So the Eibish, so to speak, needs each creature to be the way, the way they are for his sovereignty to, 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 to be the way it needs to be. That's only from the perspective of Malchus. Malchus is a source of time and space. Malchus is a source of fragmentation. Above Malchus, there's no time, there's no space, no fragmentation. Things don't have to be the way they are. So my contribution to Hashem's glory isn't um, isn't relevant to the way I'm doing it specifically? It, 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 above Malchus, it's it, There's no there's no division. So um, like everyone has like you know good good davening days and not such good davening days. So we think you know there are good davening days. That's a day we, 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 we did it or Everyone has things they like. They think that, I mean my, I will speak to my grandfather. But you wanted me to do something which I didn't like doing. So he says, you only like things which are openly Kedusha. Things which are, you know, for Kedusha, which aren't whole, openly holy, you get annoyed by. That's what he was telling me. He was saying, like, like, like relax, this is, this is uh, wh- wh- who cares how it looks? This is, look, look, look where it's going to. So in Malchus' perspective, a Qudi perspective, find the difference between the various things that you're doing it says this thing is more important, this thing is less important that's the Pekudi perspective in Malchus in Malchus Malchus, because I'm contributing to Hashem Hashem, so to speak, needs me thank you very much whenever I say ribbit Rabbi Reber knows I need a uh, a tea (laughs) anyway, so uh, so so (laughs) In the perspective of Malchus, each creature has its own way of contributing to Hashem's sovereignty and has to be that specific way, and it can't be a different way. And each one, so to speak, Hashem needs you, so to speak, in other words, from the perspective of Malchus. Hashem Hashem makes each creature to be its way. In Malchus, look at at Malchus itself. Malchus is about the world being a certain way. Malchus is about the creation being a certain way. That's what Malchus is. Malchus is the source of creation the energy of Hashem, which is which says to create a sky, so to speak, what is it about? It's about the sky, about creating the sky. But above Malchus, there isn't this division, there isn't this separation, and so, so not only is as above Malchus the place of miracles, Tafach above the earth, Tafach above Malchus is the source of miracles, but also there there is a there is a possibility to be the bittul b'mitzias. Malchus is about bittul hayash. Malchus is about. The, in the Chassidic lexicon, yash means that first there is a someone, and then someone is subservient to the But there's no total obligation of self. Malchus, so to speak, is 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 about me and how I serve Hashem. But above Malchus, bitul mitsiis, that 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 there there's no uh, there's no sense of self. It's not, it's not about it's not about the created uh, reality. It's about the opposite. it's about the revelation of Hashem. I think some that a lot of... You know you know how my grandfather was once talking about... Right after Gimotamus, a lot of different factions within Lubavitch had all great, great ideas of what to do after after his funeral. And they had a meeting of rabbis about discussing what... It wasn't just a meeting of rabbis, it was a meeting, of rabbis a meeting of rabbis talking to Lubavitch, talking to all the chassidim. My grandfather spoke by the meeting and he said a story about Boshem said Boshem Shemtev had a stepmother and the stepmother... Um uh, I don't know exactly the relationship, but basically Balcem found on the counter in his home he found some zeir milk, found some sour milk. And he wanted and he had it. And, he, and his stepmother said, Why do you have it? He said, Because it's good. So she told him, for a good thing you have to ask too. Even for a good thing so my grandfather was saying everyone's great ideas, but you have to ask. But a, a lot of times mistakes are made because of, of the Vayakal perspective, because of the, the revelation of Hashem, without looking at the piku' without looking at the details of what of where things have to are really placed in creation, and, and that's why it's so hard to uh, to um, to guide a perspective. Because when you're in the Vayakal mode, and someone says, "Dude, look at where things are going," you're like, "You're so nidrik, you're so low. Why, why are you looking at the why, why, why are you looking at the floor? Look." And when you're in the Vayakal perspective, you're, you're like it's vaybishter. It's a, it's by the revelation of Hashem. So in the Vayakal perspective, there could be lots of mistakes, but on the other in the Kudi perspective, there could be uh, there could be no dreams. So so uh, there's a need for both, and the and the pers- and the, the the idea of Vayakal by itself is about this this union, about this, this 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 very fundamental perspective we need to have. That's all for Russia. That's. That's uh, yes, it can lead to mistakes. True, but but that, that has to be there as well. You can't, you can't have one without the other. The, the guys who are challenging their bottom with their ideas are the ones who make things happen. Uh, the ones who are eh, whatever doesn't matter. What happens today, those things today as yesterday, and tomorrow the same as today. Those guys are missing. They, they may not they may not be big, making big mistakes, but they're not uh, going to make any impact either. So. So Vayakel is about, is about this thing. Vayakel is about, about about gathering all together, connecting to that which is above the world. Okay, now the Rebbe is going to explain why we read Pasha Shkolem after Vayakel. In the idea of Vayakel as a separate Torah portion is emphasized even more this year, when after we read vayakal, we read Parshash I'm just going to say the, uh, the questions that has about Pashash outside and we'll go back inside. The mitzvah the Torah tells us this week is that everyone has to give a half a coin. The rich man should not give more, the poor man should not give less. So question number one is, there's a rule, but all matters of holiness, that they're supposed to be perf- perfect. The mitzvah is, when offering a sacrifice, the sacrifice has to be whole. And the uh, vessels of the Beis Hamikdash have to be whole, and they, when they are, are trying, to, when you put pour something inside of them, they have to be poured to the top. The Kohen, who offers the sacrifices has to be whole; it can't have any blemishes in his body. But the Torah tells us here regarding the half coins that, and you're using these half coins to make the sockets of the Mishkan, the foundation of it, the entire Mishkan. Which in the Mishkan, you bring all these sacrifices in, and the foundation of, of this, which is these coins, these coins specifically should not be whole, they should be half. Why? If everything in the Torah is supposed to be, in the temple, is supposed to be whole, why is this half? Number two, since you're only giving a half coin, the Torah says a full coin is worth 20 geira, only give a half. Why does the Torah have to tell us how much a whole coin is worth? Just say, give 10 geira. We don't, if we, don't, we don't even have to know that it's half coin. Just say give the equivalent of 10 geira, which just happens to be a half of a shekel. Geira is another currency. So the Torah says a, a shekel is worth 20 geira. Give half. Um, th- if the Torah wouldn't have mentioned the, the, the amount of a whole shekel, we wouldn't have had to been told to give a half a shekel. Just tell us, give 10 geira. This question is emphasized uh, more in the... When you look at the, the the following verses in Parshas Kisisa, um, when the Torah says uh, uh, the, the the components, of the various spices, and Torah says that you should give uh, cinnamon, and the Torah says that um, half of it is two hundred fifty, it doesn't say how much the whole thing is, uh. and even more regarding the 250 which the Torah says that you have to give it in in two installments, 250 at a time so the Torah is saying they should be contributed in halves and the Torah says that you have to um, weigh them each at 250 although the whole thing equals 500 you have to weigh them each give them two different times Um, so the Torah only says there 250, it doesn't mention the 500 and there, you're supposed to give it um, you're supposed to give a total of 500. The Torah says give them in 250 give them in two installments of 250. This measurement of, 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 of a, a, a aromatic cinnamon. But here in, regarding the half shekel the whole thing that's supposed to be given is only a half. And yet the Torah mentions the whole thing. Why is the mentioning the whole thing? There the Torah doesn't say the word 500. There it just says 250 twice. It's supposed to give a measurement of 250 and in two separate installments, and the total is 500. But there, the third doesn't tell us the total is 500. Here, the third does say the total is 500, the total is 20 shekel We're not even giving 20 shekel Question number three. It says the rich man should not give more, the poor man should not give less. Why don't listen to Why does it have to talk about the, the classes of society here? Just mention the, uh, don't give more or less. Why does it have to say the rich man should not give more, the poor man should not give less? Question okay, so that's the, those are the questions. And the answer is, the the central point of the answer is, giving the half coin is a separate thing, which is not relevant to the details of how we serve Hashem. It's something which is not relevant to the various ways we serve Hashem, it's something, it's a distinct thing. And it's similar to the idea of a yakel, about elevating everything for Hashem. So what do I say? to understand exactly what this unique service of Hashem which, that the half-shekel represents, let's first uh, answer our question about the idea of the half-shekel. What's the meaning of half, specifically? One, one meaning of the half-coin is, The half-coin emphasizes the unity of the Jewish people. Many, many times, there been said that there's a difference between loving your fellow Jew and being achtos. Achtos is not just that you you love another person, but that you're that you're that you're that you're one. Like the famous story of Bar 11, uh, Tzadik he once took his doc his wife to the doctor, and he told the doctor, "My wife's foot is hurting us." So that's that idea of achtos that every single Jew has to know and feel that he alone is only a half, and his perfection is dependent on his unity with another person. Only by them joining together and uniting, can they become one whole shekel, one complete shekel. So that's one meaning, one lesson of the half coin that every Jew has to feel by themselves. They're a half coin. They need need the other Jew. our second point here is This idea of the half coin is not about us vis a vis other Jews, but about all, about every Jew and all the Jewish people vis a vis Hashem. That all the Jewish people, you saw in next page, all Jews are a half coin, and the other half. And the Jewish people are in Hashem are 1. They become one entity. The maggot explains the Pasuk where Hashem tells Moshe to make two trumpets. He explains that the word trumpet is made up of the, of the word half of a form. And he says, the maggot says the two forms, the two half forms, are Hashem and the Jewish people that Hashem, so to speak, and the Jewish people, aren't complete without each other. So those are the two explanations of the half coin. They're meant to tell us you need God and you need each other. And the Rebbe now is going to say that these two explanations are related to each other. Shnei, these two explanations are connected to each other. I mean, they seem very distinct, right? They seem like, what makes me whole? Do you make me whole or does God make me whole? So, so these two explanations are connected to each other. In order for me to to love another Jew and to unite with another Jew in a perfect way, it's only if I feel that me without Hashem I'm incomplete without Hashem. As Azab explains in chapter 32 in Tanya He says, what's the what's the straight and easy path to to achieve Avs It's by realizing how we're all, we're all equal, we have one father, and therefore all Jews are literally brothers. Why are we literally brothers? We're brothers because we all, because we're all the same father, because we're all the same root, the source of our souls is all rooted in the same way in the one God. So how is it that we're able to unite, we're able to become one, we're able to unite because of uh, I sense who my father is. That, the other begins by saying that if your body is more important than your neshama, you never achieve, obviously, so in a real way. Why? Because everyone's body is different. So if, if you're going to look at another person uh, based upon the, um, based, with a hierarchy that the, that the physical is more important than the spiritual, so all the love you're going to have is based upon something peripheral, what you've sent to the person, whatever physical appeal other person has whether it's actual physical appeal or it's, it's it's something external, something their their character, their their charisma. But in order to really unite with another person for, for longevity, those whatever characteristics those are, they change. But besides that, in quantity, in, in quality, you're only loving other person based up from something external in them, which which is external to you also. You're using your heart and mind, which are more external to your soul, to analyze other person. And therefore, your love is as deep as your appreciation for them. Versus, if you were to feel <clears throat> that your Hashem is more important, so then, so, and so, so, and you care about your Hashem more than you care about your body, if, if, if in that kind of perspective, Altera says, then you're able to achieve Avos You're able to realize that the fact that we're brothers, we all have one, 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 one. We all have the same source in Hashem. Then, then you feel like family with everybody because because you feel that we're. That, that 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 you and the other person are, are, are brothers. They're the same same neshama. So it depends what's important important, the body or the neshama. Right, right, right. But doesn't but doesn't he didn't love her? No. Oh, yeah. so, um, so 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 Rebbe says that so in order to achieve Avos you have to feel that you and the Abishar are half a coin. The more you care about your relationship with the Abishar, the more you're able to achieve Avos it says earlier on, in the beginning of Tanya, that the soul of every Jew is an actual part of Hashem. It says, the says, when you have a portion of the essence of Hashem, you have the whole essence. In other words, you can't divide the essence. So every Jew who is a part of the essence of Hashem is really Hashem himself. The Jew and Hashem are one. And so the idea, of what's Hashem telling us? When he tells tells us to give the half coin, that you have to feel that you are a part of Hashem. To the extent that you without God, you and God are like two halves. And only together are you complete. So you and Hashem, the Jewish people and Hashem are one. So, by, so specifically, by feeling the idea of how you and the Abish are one, that will enable you, that's, that's a straight and easy path that leads to So that's how these two explanations of the half coin, meaning me without Hashem and me without you, how, how, did, how is that connected? Because in order for me to feel that me without you are, are only, that I'm only half a coin, it's by me realizing that uh, who I am, that I am an Hashem as part of Hashem, and therefore I look at you as, as my brother. The questions, yeah, this, is question. this is the perspective of Bayechel. This perspective of Yaakov. We'll see. Exactly. Like Adam two versus Adam one. You know about this? So that chick. Oh. oh, he's noticing that. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. It's probably this about how this uh, mm-hmm. two creation stories, like creation of a man.